With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is the Hervoye Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We did it. We've made it to the weekend almost Friday. Uh, it's not Hawaiian shirt Friday. It's TNT Radio shirt Friday. I'm donning my TNT Radio uh, wear. You can also get some yourself in our merchandise shop, tntradio.live. A friend just sent me this crazy story here in Mexico and I can't even pronounce it Texcaltitlan um where people have had enough of the extortion by the narcos and paying these uh gangster tax mafia fees uh and a whole people a whole bunch of people were gathering around some of these extortionists there were guns there were machetes a shootout began 11 people um were killed I'm still not sure how many of the good guys and how many of the bad guys uh were were killed but uh you know another Mexican chimes in and says unfortunately um you know this has all been going uh we've gotten to this point because of decades of uh criminality and corruption but the fact that the the people are rising up and taking justice into their own hands is in advance I would agree um and this person says because also the politicians have been involved in these uh businesses and political parties with the cartels they stand down and let these criminals run rampant and hey if a few of us have to die to stop this so be it you know what are you gonna do I'm I'm really it's really it's 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 I'm sick and tired of this uh, extortion I hear about it around me in Mexico and thankfully it hasn't touched me yet but enough is enough seriously enough is enough uh what else we got going on a few interesting quotes from one of my past podcast guests Dr Aaron Hariati who says um the cybersecurity infrastructure security agency CISA within the DHS has become a shadow government orchestrating the mass censorship of constitutionally protected speech CISA needs to be shut down I totally agree and he's also um quoting this story how euthanasia accounted for 3.3 percent of all deaths in Canada in 2021 starting next March people with mental illness and addictions will be eligible for euthanasia in Canada once the line is crossed there are no breaks on the system you end up in a culture of death and my former professor in Geneva Alfred Desayas says the practice of gaslighting is increasing in the mainstream media that suggests a false sense of guilt on those who protest against being lied to. The media tries to make them feel as intellectual terrorists or conspiracy theorists. He's a former UN special reporter among uh, an international lawyer and so forth. Um, these related stories popped across my desk today. This is from the Arctic Institute. I go out seal hunting with my best friend Tarka, but all I want to do is get into his parka. I'm the only gay Eskimo in my tribe. The title uh, of this is the Arctic, Arctic Institute's Queering the Arctic series. 
seriously like do we have to queer the entire world can, i mean can't we at least leave the final frontier alone no that also the arctic and the penguins and the polar bears must be queered seriously <laughs> i mean i'm at a loss for words um anymore so that's where academia is is at yeah uh, and on top of that you've got uh cosman georgia reporting for true north i've had him on the program a number of times i think it's, it's an exclusive uh to them uh basically canadian military bases mandate menstruation kits and men's bathrooms in a move to align with the liberal government's commitment to inclusivity canadian military bases are required to provide menstrual products including tampons and pads in men's washrooms by december 15th a week from now this directive issued by Employment and Social Development Canada extends to all federally regulated workplaces and military installations. True North has verified the implementation of this policy in at least one Canadian Armed Forces military base, where menstruation kits are now available in men's washrooms. Um, can you guess who's going to win when it's Canadian soldiers uh, versus Russian and Chinese soldiers? Uh, and... Um, yeah, what else we got going on? The, let's see, ammo prices are set to rise substantially. A number of firearms businesses have told Newsweek that they will substantially increase ammunition prices due to an anticipated global shortage of gunpowder. You might want to stock up on some bullets right now uh, and some geopolitical News, U.S. won't rule out military action against Houthis, says an official. Top White House official said the U.S. won't rule out the possibility of strikes against Houthi rebels in Yemen, which have been blamed for targeting commercial ships. Uh, and uh, similarly, sort of along those uh, lines, you've got action now in Pakistan, China. I think it's Western destabilization, a militant attack in the Gilgit Baltistan region of northern Pakistan near the Chinese border has rekindled concerns over security and a highway considered crucial for developing uh the two countries economic relationship CPEC right Belt and Road the attack took place against the backdrop of rising militant activity involving myriad groups ranging from the Pakistani Taliban to separatists in Balochistan province who in my opinion I think they are linked to Western intelligence because you know the US has been trying to break off Balochistan from Pakistan that's the strategy divide and conquer balkanize uh and so I I always see the Western hand here trying to uh destabilize the whole Belt and Road project all right a lot more stuff going on do you have a su suggestion for a possible guest or host you'd like to hear on TNT radio or a topic you want us to discuss we'd love to hear from you someone sent in some very constructive criticism today to me and we welcome that uh, so fill out the suggestion form at tntradio.live help us make a difference on tnt radio russia gas prices covid mandates it just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it today's news talk radio tnt According to multiple media reports, the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad was struck by a number of rockets uh, today, Friday, in an attack believed to have been carried out by Iran-aligned militias. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, also known as Ruckus. That's right, Herbori. Um, always got to blame Iran, whether or not there's any proof. We got to link it together somehow, right? 
So here we are, um, apparently, uh, reportedly, uh, according to multiple media reports, citing multiple unnamed sources, um, Baghdad's Green Zone District, which houses a number of government and diplomatic buildings, including the U.S. Embassy, was reportedly targeted by several rockets. Uh, this was early Friday, December, 7, uh, December 8th. Excuse me. Now, what group was behind the rocket attack was not immediately apparent. But if you're paying attention, we know where this is going. In fact, already uh, embassy spokesperson has been telling the media that they believe uh, Iranian-linked militias based in Iraq are believed to be responsible for the attack. Uh, in a video, you can go check this out on the Twitter or the X. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, you can see or hear three explosions, um, and then you hear coming over these loudspeakers, these sirens, this bizarre AI-generated voice urging people to take cover, get away from the window, and await further instructions. The whole thing was very creepy. Uh, the U.S. Embassy said in a statement that, quote-unquote, two salvos of rockets were fired at the mission compound at approximately 4.15 a.m. local time. Uh, this statement reads, quote, We again call on the government of Iraq, as we have done on many occasions, to do all in its power to protect diplomatic and coalition partner personnel and facilities. We reiterate that we reserve the right to self-defense and to protect our personnel anywhere in the world, end quote. Hmm. Iraqi Prime Minister Mohammed Shia al-Sudani condemned the attack in a statement saying, quote, targeting diplomatic missions is something that cannot be justified, end quote. Mr. Shia al-Sudani, who came to power with the support of a coalition of Iran-backed parties, called the attack a, quote, insult to Iraq, its stability and security, end quote, and promised to, quote, pursue the perpetrator perpetrators of the attack and bring them to justice, end quote. The United Nations Assistance Mission for Iraq, UNAMI, also condemned the missile, missile attack in a post on X, Twitter, saying, quote, UNAMI condemns this morning's missile attack on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. According to international law, all diplomatic headquarters must be protected, end quote. The mission also said that Iraq could not afford to be drawn into a wider conflict which would threaten the hard-won stability of the nation. This morning's attack was the first missile strike on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad ever. <laughs> it's located on the west bank of the Tigris River in the heavily fortified green zone, which houses Iraqi government buildings and embassies. Oh, I'm sorry. This was not ever. This was the first strike since the Hamas-Israel uh, war began on October 7th. Uh, Iran-backed militias in Iraq have claimed responsibility for dozens of attacks that targeted various military bases, bases housing U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria since Hamas launched its surprise cross-border attack on Israel two months ago. Now, according to the U.S. military of this and the situation, there are 78 attacks that have been carried out against U.S. facilities in recent weeks, of which 37 uh, in Iraq and 41 in Syria, there are roughly 2,500 U.S. troops in Iraq and around 900 more in eastern Syria on missions, as it were, against the ISIS terrorist group in both countries. Iran has militias who are loyal to Tehran. Uh, and, of course, in response to recent attacks against American troops, the United States has retaliated 
with airstrikes three times in Syria since October 17th, targeting weapons depots and other facilities linked directly to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps and the militias. The U.S. also struck multiple sites in Iraq late last month after a militia group for the first time forged short fired short-range ballistic missiles at U.S. forces at Al-Assad Air Base. I believe these are stories that we covered right here on this program on TNT Radio, Harvori. But we are certainly uh, stepping up the game now, aren't we? They're trying the hardest. They're trying. You know, the party is slowly getting started, uh, you know, around the world. They smell the weakness of Pax Americana. You know, I was relating the story even here in Mexico. People have had enough, even if it means death, liberty or death from Mexico to Baghdad. I was mentioning a story how here in a Mexican town, uh, people risked their lives to go against the local cartel mafia extortionists. 11 people were killed. Uh, and, and the same goes in Iraq. You know, they're moving against the empire. They've had enough. Maduro smells weakness. He's moving against Southcom in Guyana or, or making preparations. Uh, there was also an interesting story from Lyle goldstein china watcher academic he reads the the russian and and in, in you know the, the publications in russian and and the chinese publications in mandarin chinese and and kind of what i feel related to this thread or theme is he, he says chinese navy studies florida strait um and examined beijing's strategy for the atlantic and it is for real it's in their dangdai haijun publication uh, recently, I think from September, if Taiwan's situation continues on present trajectory, would not surprise me if plan has uh, the PLA, I guess, Navy has regular Florida patrol planned. What comes around goes around. And it's funny in this story uh, that you're sharing, one of the um, news articles says Iran backed militias strike U.S. embassy in Baghdad, Middle East military bases cannot be justified. That's funny one is juxtaposed with this story from um, a day or two ago, military, military.com. <laughs> it's from Joe Buccino. Joe Buccino, mamma mia. American forces must strike Iran to protect U.S. troops. But more specifically, where is it? He says, to restore American deterrence, the U.S. must strike targets Iran holds at value its bases inside Iran. So basically, American forces must strike bases inside Iran. It's like World War III. Let's, <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, your, your final thoughts here, Ruckus. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of this loose talk coming from world leaders with, uh, uh, who are heads of military powers who are, are basically doing and saying just that, um, Rory, uh, that you know, hey, we have the right to self-defense, and apparently the best self-defense is a good offense in another country somewhere else. So that's the new game plan, and we're all going to use it now. See? It's fun. I mean, you could just go on and on. Just before joining foreign policy, um, someone I followed shared this from foreign policy. The, and Luke Coffey, he's a hardliner over at the Hudson Institute, says the shortest path to victory in Ukraine goes through Crimea. The shortest path to World War III runs through Crimea. He says we should support Ukraine in retaking Crimea. So let's bomb bases, Iranian bases in Iran, while we simultaneously go for Crimea. Um, wh wh where do we get these people? I don't know where we get these people. These people are 
suicidal and they're going to kill us all the um all right ruckus catch up with you in a bit we got jose nino coming up right after this you should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government That's stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2% you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get Rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church.
TNTradio.live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work, and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. All right. Joining us is Jose Nino, purveyor of contrarian political insights, freelance writer, political analyst, Venezuelan American based in Austin, Texas. Check out his stuff uh, on X at Jose A.L. Nino and Substack Jose Nino Unfiltered. Uh, what's happening, Senor Nino? So funny enough, <clears throat> I haven't been paying attention to a lot of like the news lately as much as before. And when I just like went back to like some like foreign policy websites, it's just like hilarious. I just like woke up like in a different world where everybody's like now admitting that like the russia ukraine conflict is going like in russia's favor like all, across like the board from like neoliberal think tanks to like neoconservative like think tanks they're all like conceding that yeah this is not going the way it's planned and it's like hilarious how that tune has changed from like a year ago and i just got a good chuckle from that yeah i was gonna bring that up i mean media wise the tide is Turning, I'm reading Zelensky has come out doubting Ukraine would obtain NATO membership uh, from some Pretty days time, ago. Yeah, yeah his uh, general Valery Zaluzhny has been going around Zelensky. Um, and then reports from Washington themselves, like between the lines from NATO and maybe the Pentagon, uh, where it seems like they're looking to save face and wind down the Ukraine adventure. And even Kit Clarenberg, I was mentioning yesterday, citing a RAND Corporation white paper which had this all planned out where they said if things didn't go their way in Ukraine, they had a plan B, plan C, plan D to sort of try and save face and wind down um, the war. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. in some ways, this could be good news, don't you think, where we could maybe see the end of the uh, Ukraine war instead of World War Three? Yeah, the, <laughs> the eternal cynic in me thinks that there's all for every good thing you see in like politics it comes with like two to three other bad things where <clears throat> my opinion is that they're going to like now justify like the ramp up of like military spending and diversion of resources towards the middle east with respect to israel and then like the china containment because now they have like the perfect excuse. Republicans have like categorically rejected military aid now. And this is like the perfect excuse for them to say like, oh, okay, let's ditch the Ukraine project, but let's focus our attention now pivoting to Asia. And yeah, but at least at the very least, the short term, it's good because this is the conflict that is most likely to get nuclear because with regards to China and the U.S., there's been like squabbles every now and then, but there hasn't been anything kinetic going there thus far, like the way things have gone with Russia and certain parts of its sphere, like Georgia, Ukraine, and all of that. So we should pat ourselves on the back for for making enough noise on alternative media and social media that it's now like beginning to slowly convince certain factions within the Republican and Democratic parties to reconsider this ridiculous Ukraine project. Well, you know, the, the China-Taiwan fireworks, that's like Act 5 
and we're not quite there yet but i i, I did yeah. want to just add sort of what to, to what you said i was briefly mentioning this new piece from foreign policy today from luke coffee i've been i've read his stuff for a long time i mean some of it's been interesting even though he's from their side the other side i think he's from hudson institute he basically says right now he's saying today washington needs to go for crimea as i mean that's basically the opposite of what we've just been discussing that's escalation he says the west should consider bolder and more creative options for supporting um ukraine uh with a sustained focus on crimea um and he talks about the wow. kirch bridge he lays out you know the first phase the West should pri prior prioritize arming Ukraine with the weapons that it needs to destroy and inca incapacitate the Kerch bridge. The second phase of a Crimea campaign involves making the peninsula's naval and air bases unusable for Russian forces. The third phase of a Crimea campaign consists of striking key facilities inside the Russian Federation. Um, Russian forces pushed out of Crimea must be denied safe haven on the other side of the border. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, no. And, and and on top of that, though, and when you mentioned the pivot to the Middle East, we also get from military.com today another commentator talking about America needs to hit Iranian bases inside Iran. So it's just really you know the crazy train here. So the Hudson Institute, yeah, it, it's a much more neoconservative and Republican affiliated type of um, think tank. And one of the criticisms of the Biden regime's foreign policy with respect to Ukraine isn't so much the um, the fact that it's like unethical to be sending military aid to a country thousands of miles away that does not uphold like American interests. It's mostly the fact that they want to do, use more kinetic force or send more like lethal forms of military aid or facilitate certain types of attacks um against Russia. Cause um you hear like a lot of Republican criticism of military aid. It's not from a non-interventionist perspective. It's more from like the fact that they don't think the Biden regime has been tough enough or has been like creative enough, like the way that the Hudson Institute's talking about. That's like the cynical take on this. It's not because of an America first like shift of public policy opinion. And yeah, um, you sent me even prior to the show about like direct attacks against the Houthis as well. And I think that's something that's going to become a much bigger thing of, of attacking directly Iran and its proxies. And because we still have an interventionist um, foreign policy class, we have yet to see any evidence that these people have been like, quote unquote, red pilled by um, our talking points and non-interventionist beliefs, unfortunately. Yeah, I want to get into the Houthi thing a bit more, but first, our headlines. And action. action. The news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Hunter Biden faces 42 years in federal prison for nine tax and three gun charges filed by special counsel David Weiss. In a move to pressure the cabinet into revising its carbon tax policies, conservative MPs in Canada have followed through on their commitment to disrupt the House of Commons by instigating an extended voting session that lasted all night. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he'll remain as leader of the Liberal Party, despite his government facing an uphill battle, according to an interview given to Quebec Media. 
Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We're talking to Jose Nino out in Texas. I'm down here in Mexico. And, um, you know, just on the Russia-Ukraine thing, uh, you know, this was another story from Defense News yesterday uh, talking about Russia gearing up for a long war. Will the West follow suit? Uh, They talk about how basically Russia is ramping up its, you know, industrial manufacturing for all of its weapons, ammo, systems and that they say that the west uh basically where is it here that the west should um provide uninterrupted delivery of aid to ukraine and so you kind of just see this trend towards forever war they don't want to stop and then uh, on the houthi thing um so imagine the the us now directly uh, attacking houthi rebels uh in in Yemen you know one thing leads to another um and then you know we have you know just before you joined us with ruckus we were discussing how um Iraq Iraqi resistance was hitting U.S bases uh and imagine U.S hitting you know mm-hmm. Yemeni soldiers uh then talking about hitting Iran I mean that's like the perfect recipe for really getting things off the ground isn't it yeah i've been saying for some time that the foreign policy elites the kinetic war they may get is iran because the difference between russia and china and iran is that iran is the only non-nuclear one of the of those powers so it has it has like no deterrence like um it's only real form of deterrence though that i think that is almost quasi-nuclear is like the proxies it has and like the new hypersonic missiles has which makes does make the the u.s think twice and even israel too so but i think there's always going to be some volatility there because iran um it sticks out like a sore thumb in that respect and um one thing that i found interesting going back to russia though i was listening to a podcast um it was like this group chat there was a russian guy who is not exactly like pro-putin he noticed um he when he went back to Russia, he was just recounting this. Um, he said that among Russian society, there is like near universal like now support for like a war for like the long haul in Ukraine. And he was saying that the military industrial complex in Russia is absolutely booming, and that even um in like really far-flung regions of Russia. There's like this huge economic revitalization because of how much that um Russia's economy has been geared towards like war now. And that one way they're trying to consolidate support in these outer regions, which a lot of the Russia's troops come from, is by trying to like uh get them like defense contractor jobs and all this, all this military-related jobs, which pay considerably better in the private sector, apparently. And he he was noting that they're like it really does look like um a lot of Ukraine is gonna get gobbled up and um and even Western Ukraine may be on the menu now. He interestingly noted that um the that Europe does have somewhat of an interest in 
not having like a total um rump state ukraine that basically is like a bigger version of albania like a like a total criminal state like on their border that's just like a hub for all sorts of wacky stuff that just spills over into the eu yeah um and then you, you mentioned putin um i mean in in russia it was uh just to stand those lines um he i guess he officially announced he's running for president again and one of my uh colleagues nikola mikovic out in serbia um he posted this meme in 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 russian it says vine vine protiv stobi putin bil presidentom uh are you against putin being president and you get two options da ya ya protiv yes i'm not against him being president and yet ya protiv no I'm not against him being president. So the, que <laughs> the question is, you know, and I was making the same joke is, or, you know, are you voting for Putin or Putin? Um, and that's just how it is in Russia. You know, we, you got to accept it. Uh, you, you know, even Russians that I talked to six years ago when I was in Russia, we, you know, we talked to Russians, business, Russian businessmen, and um, they were, you know, one of them told us, he, he said something along the lines of, I don't particularly like Putin, but given the fact that we're under attack from the empire um for now we kind of need him you know and so th this is kind of like yeah. the feeling. so what, what do you think about Putin? and it, and it, he there was it was some event where putin was at and it, you know i'm sure this is scripted to some degree where you had like uh soldiers come up and regular russians and they were talking to putin and saying uh people can find the audio dub in english and they were saying you know please we need you to uh continue standing up for a strong russia i i would you know i think that's kind of scripted but what do you think about all of this so going back to that conversation this russian guy he's actually kind of americanized too but he was like calling it for what it is he was saying that even traditional putin opposition parties they've now have become like more in favor of this war because there's like a bandwagon effect now that like it looks like russia is like actually winning it People are saying, like, yeah, this needs to just be, like, consummated. Uh, we need to follow through with this. Yeah, Putin, we have our beef with him, but it looks like this project is going well. And when you add in, like, the entire blood libel that the West has, like, launched against Russia over the last few years, it's become, like, far more nationalistic. And it does look like um, Russia is a lot stronger because, I mean, if you talked about this, like, last year, during the Kharkiv withdrawals and um, the stuff that was happening in Kherson, I mean, people would be saying like, oh, it looks like the uh, Russian regime's on the ropes, but now it's like the exact opposite. And we could be looking at pretty much like the erasure of like Ukraine as we know it, to be honest at this point, if things continue the way they are. One one thing I forgot to mention that I was going to bring up, I saw when you're talking about the Russian economy, um, I saw a clip yesterday of New Zealanders, uh, New Zealand women, I guess, living in with their families in, in Russia. Maybe it was the Far East near Siberia, and they were in a supermarket showing what it was like, and everything was just stocked full. You had everything. And it looked very much like supermarkets that I would shop at in Kazakhstan. You know, Kazakhstan, former Soviet Union, a lot of Russian products, Russian-speaking. And so um, yeah. it was just kind of another example of, you know, you go to the supermarket in Russia, you just got to, it's like 
wow uh you know and so there's that and then uh well, and, and this thing, the, uh -huh. okay just one quick point um <laughs> just going back to this guy this is another really fascinating observation he says because of the sanctions um against russia by the west um the the auto industry in russia like there's no longer really any european like new cars from like european car manufacturers now it's totally been taken over by chinese cars the chinese car companies are popping up left right and they're like of shoddy quality but as like the chinese auto sector becomes more developed he says he thinks that um chinese auto manufacturers will make huge gains in uh russia and that that whole sector is probably gonna be dominated by chinese car makers in like the next few decades but yeah continue and and just on that note well there's another um financial guru i follow on uh x I, I, I it's so hard to you know not say Twitter on X but uh he was showing the data how the stans Central Asia right um I think like uh, Kyrgyzstan Kazakhstan Uzbekistan that they were seeing like a 5,000 percent uh increase in, in in exports um from Europe of like automobiles and things like this and it's clear what's happening is that they're being cycled through the stands from Europe and Germany, cycled through the stands back into Russia. So, you know, uh, what you're saying um, is true. But on top of that, still a lot of the Western, you know, German European stuff is just going, you know, there are all these yeah. loopholes. Bloomberg did a report about Russia's shadow fleets uh, uh, of how they are using these shadow fleets to sell their oil, um, you know, skirting around the sanctions. So a lot of that stuff is still going on and i just want to comment yeah. on you know, the that guy mentioned have the, this uh -huh. shadow fleet as well yeah he mentioned that um in that discussion yeah and this idea you know the westerners saying oh putin is just a corrupt president he's no, I'm, I'm not defending um putin anyway i my beef is with the hypocrisy with the uh the west the american ex exceptionalism where they say oh he, he's a dictator he's been in power for 20 years well i mean he technically he is doing it legally just like you know angela merkel in, in germany was what uh in charge for like 15 years how is that different from russia uh, from putin being in charge you know for 20 years now or or, the, <laughs> or netanyahu or, or the dynasty that we have in america this oligarch this oligarchy plutocracy where you got you know late 80s or early 90s you got bush clinton bush uh clinton obama biden trump clinton we can still say Clinton, Obama, Biden right now. It's 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 been twenty years of the same American oligarchy. So really, you know, you can't point the finger at the Russians. Uh, you know, we got three fingers pointing back at us. It's it's one finger at Putin, and then you got three fingers um, Obama, Clinton, Biden <laughs> pointing back at us. Um, but the, 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 there was another story on Pakistan, which I think is um, interesting. From Nikkei Asia, uh, attack on Pakistan, a highway to China shakes key belt and road link and it's not the first of its kind some months ago we've been seeing such attacks and they talk about you know pakistani taliban which i you know through the pakistani isi i think they've got links to western intelligence and then separatists in balochistan uh and then if if there are maps people can view that talk about the new middle east um and how they've been you know they've been wanting to balkanize the, the the middle east and one of the targets is pakistan where they wanted to break off a part called balochistan there was even in the u.s congress i think a bill to try and support that um my view is that this is probably the west through their local proxies 
um, mm -hmm. trying to destabilize CPEC, you know, the the, the Pakistan-China corridor. Would you would you agree? Oh, big time! I've, these attacks. Um, I actually think I may have written something for you guys on it or at big league politics uh talking about a situation where several chinese nationals were like bombed um in pakistan these incidents always like are like go down a lot anytime you hear of like some chinese like 10 chinese engineers getting killed in a bombing attack in pakistan or like afghanistan or whatever uh, best believe that it's probably some separatist group that receives like U.S. funding that's doing that because they're trying to derail the Belt Road and also the, the greater economic integration with um, between Pakistan and China because like there's like a really strong chance because historically Pakistan has been a U.S. client and they may actually lose. Um, Pakistan may drift out of the U.S.'s orbit. So knowing how petty U.S. foreign policy is, they'll probably to like drop one massive stink bomb in, in the form. They'll probably drop one massive stink bomb in the form of these like this petty and like vicious bombing attacks against Chinese engineers and other people that are trying to facilitate more like economic intercourse between China and Pakistan like that talk about like demented and like petty geopolitical behavior but that's ha what happens when you have like this mean girls uh class of like foreign policy decision makers in the u.s it's disgusting yeah it says the highway was built uh, with chinese support in 1986 and recently there were upgrades um to the tune of like 50 billion uh so the the west is you know um it, it would make sense for them to do that and uh, also it was mentioned that past attacks along the highway had prompted China to recoil from CPEC and that Beijing was less likely to expand the project without security guarantees from uh, Pakistan. So perfect strategy there from uh, the bowels of hell, uh, Washington, London and Brussels. It's a perfect strategy. Uh, you know, if you're Washington, London or, and, and, and Brussels, you know, a great way to destabilize uh, the world island right it's time for our break phone lines are open if anyone wants to chime in we'll be right back with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea the right of the people to be secure in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. That's our Fourth Amendment. Thank heavens and the founders that we have it. Why? Well, let's look at Ireland. They're trying to ram through a bill before Christmas that would authorize the Guardi to enter a house and seize any electronic devices they found if the government somehow found something objectionable, whether liking the wrong post on social media, making the wrong comment, or visiting the wrong website. That is the very definition of tyranny, and it's why we fought a war to throw it off. Hopefully, the Irish will figure out the importance of banning government intrusion like this before it's too late for them. And hopefully, we in the United States never lose sight of how important it is to keep the government at bay. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been in prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. You're with Hervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment this hour with Jose Nino. Uh, do check out his substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered, josbcf.substack.com. Uh, you, you'll be dropping soon a podcast with a very cool dude that I have also interviewed and, and, and met. Uh, if you don't want to say who it is, you don't have to. And... Um, your Twitter X account, Jose A.L. Nino, and you're writing for American Free Press, I think, uh, Big League Politics and other publications. Uh, and since you're the, you're the gun guy, there was this story in Newsweek uh, today, yesterday, talking about ammo prices set to rise substantially. And so I've been talking a lot about the neo-feudal project of the Great Reset, how they want to wipe out the middle class. And it's interesting because I've been talking about how inflate I've been talking a lot about inflation because I think that's one of the key weapons that's going to spearhead this neo-feudal project. And I, I haven't had time, but in my telegrams uh, every day, I bookmark a talk uh, of this economist, I uh, forget his name, someone new to me, where he was saying the same thing. He was saying that inflation is the most important thing we, we should be looking at because that's how they're eroding uh, everything. And so that's going to mean our food uh, you know, purchases daily that we need for sustenance. That's going to mean our energy. That's going to mean ammo and bullets as well that we need to protect uh, our, our ourselves. W what do you make now of, you know, any news on the gun control front as well as um, here they said that firearms businesses have, are anticipating global shortage of gunpowder. Mm. Yeah, th that stuff is um, pretty intriguing. <clears throat> Because I've long argued that direct forms of gun control right now are going to be really difficult for the establishment to pull off. But they can pull off these um, more indirect forms through the taxation of and regulation of ammo um, and also like litigation against gun manufacturers as well which will make will constrict the supply of firearms or at least make it very expensive for people to own them. And it's going to be interesting to see what's actually causing this gunpowder shortage too because like the supply chains worldwide are still not like fully like reset too. So we could see we could be seeing factors like that, but I do believe uh broadly speaking that taxation of ammo 
um, is going to be, and really the taxation and the, the regulation of ammo is going to be the avenue they're going to pursue to undermine the Second Amendment. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the the evil never sleeps. Eternal fascism, Umberto Echo. Um, if they can't get us one way, they're going to get get us another. Companies that will increase their prices include Remington, um, Alliance Powder, CCI, Federal, Sevy Shot, and Spear. On some of the lists here, uh, you know, Shot Shell up to seven percent increase, Rifle up to seven percent, Handgun up to five percent. Um, and and uh alien powder said up to 10 percent uh, price increase we got a call from joe what's on your mind joe all right guys two things i'd love to talk about but i'll hit you with uh the less well i'll hit you with this one first did you guys catch uh whitney webb's interview with um t-lav uh ryan chris john she i did watch that know, the other day I don't know yeah she's just kind of I don't know if she's trying to make a splash because she's been kind of out of the loop with the health issues of her son or whatever child, doesn't matter, I forget the sex, but she's really hyping come 2024 to, you know, election, you know, all the things, you know, we think big things are coming. She's really hyping this uh, cyber event uh, blamed on either Iran, Russia, China coming up uh, 2024 and then mixed in with also maybe just smaller spread out terror attacks that build and you know make people uh, demand a reaction uh what do you think of that interview i i mean she's not the only one i mean a lot of people have been talking about this the mainstream media itself i mean i've been discussing the headlines um you know canada this week talked about c cyber attacks on elections in the, uh, next year um other countries i'm forgetting now and so i just you know all signs seem to point in that direction uh, that's what that's what the official you know the, the narrative that's being spouted now more and more in mainstream papers so you know we don't necessarily need whitney does great work i'm i just kind of you know i'm not a respecter of persons in the sense where i don't worship any you know guru or person she's amazing she does great work i've interviewed her um but yeah you know it's the signals are are, are coming in what do you think jose they're going to play the cyber polygon card I didn't um, tune into that interview, but I do think it's in it's highly plausible because cyber warfare is just a fixture of modern warfare now in this uh, digital age. That's just like undeniable at this juncture, and they're um, it's just another avenue that these people are going to use to like blame like Iran or like China for like. Um, some attack to justify like further bellicose action against them so i fully expect that to be ginned up and exploited to its fullest potential further thoughts joe yeah her boy one last quick thing uh in fourth of july i remember we spoke uh about uh you know white hacks uh using you know uh, special forces guys former navy seals etc uh, acting in a violent manner and the obvious, you know, Newsom, Soros, you know, Albert Borla, stuff like that. And you said not a good idea, yet you are pro what those uh, villagers or wherever they are in the Pueblo of uh, Mexico using violence against the guys uh, initiating the floor, as they call it there. Uh, the, um, what did you, what's the other word? The, you know, uh, corruption, um, graft. 
Uh, so what, what is the difference there? Is, is that because it's something that it clearly affects everyone and that, that uh, if the White Hats or something like that acted here, they'd be immediately smeared by the media as domestic terrorists I and such? Big, I mean, I see a big difference there. The second one with Mexico is like someone's coming into your home uh, and about to kill you. Um, it's like self-defense. But what you're talking about is overthrowing government uh, violently. I don't support that. This This instance was local criminals um you know in, in mexico uh, the cartel members mafia who are extort i mean th there's people that i know uh and and friends of people that i know some who have fled their towns in mexico recently because you got these cr the, the criminals coming to your house saying pay me i don't know what 10 20 30 percent whatever and if you don't we're gonna kill you uh and it's just like it's happening at such a level that the whole society's shutting down in some parts of Mexico. Entire towns have fled. That is insane. Like they're coming and threatening to kill you in your home uh, and your place of business and to, to, to your schools to go after your kids. That's like self-defense. Like they're gonna kill me, these criminals. That's completely different from what from what you're saying. Where uh, we should overthrow our politicians. You know, from myself. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, you know Martin Luther King. Um, everything should be done. When it comes to the political system, um, as a Christian, I'm not, I'm not so political. I'm like, uh, you know, um, I, 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 I go for nonviolence. I, there's no way I can support, you know, <laughs> dealing with the government violently as a citizen. My view, everyone has their own view. Is, is Joe with us still? Maybe not. Okay. Yeah, Jose, <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Okay. Uh, well, yeah, like. <clears throat> When it comes to like like revolting against government, I think like you ha um it has to be like proportionate. For example, for me to like take up arms against like a state, it have to be like basically what Israel is doing to like to like the Gaza Strip for me to, like justify like any form of like force against like a, a um a, a, like invading occupying government or like a tyrannical government i'm not big fan of like rioting or doing like really insurrectionist activity when um against the government when it does like very generic tyranny but when it does like really naked like almost like genocidal tyranny i think that's when like it's very prudent to just fight back but um i still think like there there are more effective non-violent ways to get people involved and just people need to like act much um more logically and um less be less guided by their emotions because um when we start getting emotional that's when like the political establishment can use their jiu-jitsu against us and really discredit us um in the long term all right we're about out of time i i hope joe you're not trying to get me on the record to say i support insurrection that, that would get <laughs> me that would get post. me in trouble uh, and so, and then something that I definitely don't um, uh, believe in. So, one minute to midnight. Yeah. Um, thanks for the call, Joe. Um, again, I just watched this fantastic documentary. People can um, buy that was what's it called? It's on my uh, four died trying, where it talks about MLK, RFK, JFK, and Malcolm X, and how they were su successfully going to alter the behavior of the government nonviolently. But they were taken out. And so I think always nonviolence is the, the way to go. Um, I think we'll be we'll continue our conversation, Jose, uh, next hour. Do 
Check out Jose Nino Unfiltered on Substack, Jose A.L. Nino on Twitter X, and feel free to call in like uh, Joe uh, has, and we will be right back.